Welcome back to the Jordan Syatt Mini Podcast. This episode is without question one of my top three episodes that I've ever done, and I want to give a huge shout out to Tracy, Inner Circle member. She's lost about 100 pounds, and she's gone through a lot of ups and downs along the way, but she went from about 260 pounds to losing about 100 pounds, running a couple marathons. She's, she's incredible, and she really discusses the trials and tribulations of her story, the, the times when she was doing fantastic, the times when she regained 40 pounds. And I really think that listening to her story is going to help you not only understand what's more realistic, but also give you strategies to attack and achieve your own goals. I hope you enjoy the episode. If you do, please leave a review on iTunes. They help a lot. And uh, let's get into it. Tracy. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm amazing. Thank you for getting on the phone. I appreciate it. Oh, no, thank you for having me. No, this is really exciting. And so we're going to jump right in. But okay. I, I'm super impressed with everything you've accomplished. Now, I don't want to steal everything and say it myself. I want you to sort of discuss it yourself because I think it's going to mean a lot more coming from you. But I mean, you've you lost 100 pounds. You, you've completed a marathon. And then not only that, you've also had struggles a terms of you said you regained 40 pounds so I think that your story has a lot to it that can really help many many people and I'd love for you to just go into it and and sort of just tell us what happened what you've done and how you've accomplished it the struggles you've you've had along the way and and everything just like just go off I would love to hear it. sure yeah okay um so originally what kind of set it all off was that I have a bad knee I injured it a few years ago and well I guess it's more than that now but and I was gaining weight gaining weight and as I gained weight the knee pain got worse and worse and something kind of clicked in my brain where I realized like this is just the beginning like if I don't get this under control my knee is just the beginning of the problems that I'm going to have how long ago is this um this so this was I started in January of 2015 so four and a half years now Okay. Um, and then I also realized like I have two daughters who at the time were one in four and I didn't want, like I wanted to be a role model for them. And I felt like I wasn't, it, the, the path I was going down wasn't a good example for them. So um, it was like, a, you know, your typical new year's resolution. Okay. I'm going to start. And, but I, and I waited until January 5th because that was a Monday <laughs> Okay. You've got to start everything on Monday. Um, <laughs> and I just changed everything, like basically overnight. Um, now, now th- this is very interesting to me. I'm sorry to interrupt, but okay. I'll probably do that. Because when you talk about this stuff, it's very interesting to me, especially when someone who's very successful like yourself, someone who's who's come such a long way. It's I, I like to hear what happened and why. And so had you tried to make changes before? Had you tried to change your nutrition before? Had you tried to exercise before and you just weren't consistent? Yes. And then for whatever. So, so do you know what happened? Like, why was this specific new year's resolution, January, 2015? Why did that click? Um, the honest, like, I think it was, I think it's my, my children, to be honest with you. Um, I just, I don't, I never really But, you know, they were really young, one and four. And so before, when I had done previous attempts, it was just for me, which I mean, that's plenty reason there. But just knowing that, like, I wasn't teaching them 
what I felt like, how do I know how to word this? Like, um, I just didn't want them to go down the same path. Like I've had so many issues with food and with body ish, like body image and things like that. And I just, that's not what I want for them. And so I think that that is what really kind of drove it home for me. Can can I ask if, um, was there any fear? Was this, was this decision based out of like a lot of, of fear in terms of fear, either of your children not being able to look up to you or your, your children going down a similar path? Was there a fear there that hadn't been there before? Yes, absolutely. And thinking about um, me maybe missing out on them if, you know, because I was over 260 pounds. My BMI was like 43 or something like that. Um, there was a fear that maybe I won't be around to see them, you know, get married or whatever. And I didn't have that before either. It's and The reason I bring that up is because I'm very interested in, in that moment. Right. And, and some people, they just go cold Turkey. They just, they change everything. Yeah. And they tried for a long, long time. And then for whatever reason, at one point in their life, they, it just, it clicks. And I think that moment is what a lot of people are looking for. A lot of people are looking for that moment in their life and they, they want to know how to cultivate that moment. And the one thing that I've consistently seen among people who have that moment is there's some form of fear that wasn't present before. Mm -hmm. And I think, and, and this is just me talking. And the reason I, I want to have this discussion with you is because you've lived this, like you've done it, you're living it now. Yeah. And I think it's a very special and unique situation. It's not, it, it's, it's not a coach. It's not, it's not like someone who, who's a, an expert in the field. And it's not someone who's, who's at the very beginning, like you have a very unique position in which you've come so far and you have such practical experience. I think there's a lot to learn from you. And it's very interesting to me that fear can be so powerful in that. And I think that maybe even trying to, to focus on what might be, might be scary for an individual might be enough to sort of at least get things rolling, sort of like what happened with you. Yeah. So, okay. So sorry to interrupt. So, so it's January, 2015, you, you start going and things, and that's where it starts rolling. Yeah. Um, so I just, like I said, I changed everything overnight um, I've always been a calorie counter. I've learned through trial and error that that's just what works for me. I don't do well on diets where like you have to cut out certain food groups or anything like that. So um, I started logging everything I ate um, and then I would go, I was working full time at the time and there, I was lucky enough that there was a gym in the building. So I would go on my lunch break and I would use the elliptical because that was pretty much all I could handle. And then I just went from there. And I think a big part of why this um, really stuck was because I, I kind of just, I forced myself every day. Like I would come home from work, we, I'd be tired. My kids would be, we'd all be hungry and I just want to order pizza, but I would force myself. Some days it was, it was so hard, but I would just force myself to make dinner, a healthy meal for all of us. I would force myself to just walk or go on the elliptical for 20 minutes. And then that kind of just, it became a habit. And so how, how long did it take to become a habit? Do you think? Um, it probably, it didn't take as long as I would have thought it would. Um, maybe three months at the most before I felt like this was a, my normal, like, okay, 
this is what I do now. It's lunchtime. I go down to the gym and I work out instead of like always having to think about it and force myself to go. Got it. Well, so I just need to interject again yeah. and I'm sorry, but I fucking love you. <laughs> I fucking love you. So I like it's because you're not sugarcoating it. No. <laughs> Seriously. And it's super important. Literally in your words, you had to force yourself. Yes on like you and there were days and you can say three months and it make it sound very nonchalant and very simple but three 90 days is a long time yeah when when you're consistently having to go against what you've done for years and years and years and you're making a new habit and it's super difficult and energy uh it's energy taxing it's mentally taxing it's physically and emotionally taxing you have two kids you're working full time you're starting like working out like what I love about this is not only are you being just brutally honest with you had to force yourself, but you, you didn't allow yourself to take any of the excuses that either maybe you had taken before Mm -hmm. or that so many other people take. It's one thing for me to say, Hey, if you want to prioritize it, you'll do it. But I mean, I'm a, I'm a single guy. I'm not single. I have a, I'm like, I'm 28 years old. I have a girlfriend, but like, I don't have a family. I don't have kids. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not married. And like, realistically you had way more reasons to to have an excuse than I would in that point but you didn't let it like you didn't let it you forced it and it's it's so important to emphasize that because it's fucking hard yeah it's fucking hard but you did it and that it just goes to show like if someone wants to be able to do it it's not going to be easy but they sure as shit can yes yeah. So sorry, man. No, okay. Sorry. Keep going. I had a lot of um, kind of harsh conversations with myself because in the past, well, this is hard. So I don't really want to do it. You know, I'm tired. I need to sleep. Like I would just, I had all, I was always full of excuses. And this time I just, you know, cut the bullshit. Like you have, you're not going to go to bed right now. So why wouldn't you just go and walk for 20 minutes? You know, I just had to, have like a really honest conversation with myself about the fact that my excuses were just bullshit. And that was hard because, you know, it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to be honest with yourself, especially when you've spent so many years kind of hiding behind your excuses. So um, that was, that was tough, but like, you know, I had to, I mean, I had that conversation with myself a lot and I still do. Cause there's still some days where the alarm goes off and I think, no, you know, I'm tired. Yeah. Fuck that. It's fine. Nope. <laughs> you know, but then it's like, yep. no, get up and do this. This is your only time that you can do this. So get up and do it. You know, it's easier now, but um, back then, especially the first couple months where you're working so hard, everything's so different and you haven't gotten any, many results yet. That was, that was hard. Um, once I started losing like enough weight that it was noticeable um that it got the motivation really kicked in and that's what kept me going have you seen the model and i put this up on instagram the other day that i have in which it people are looking for motivation but you really have to start with action and then action leads to results and then results lead to motivation that leads back to action have you seen that yes this is the you're literally this is the quintessence of it it's so true you you forced yourself to go you force it it wasn't like you were excited and motivated (laughs) like it was like this sucks it's early in the morning or it's late at night and i'm super tired and i have a million other things i would rather do but i'm gonna fucking do it 
and even going to do it when I'm not even seeing necessarily a ton of results until all of a sudden I am seeing results. And then I'll boom, that's when you get motivated. It's, I call it Dumbledore's loop <laughs> where it's just like you force yourself to take an action, even and especially when you don't want to. Yeah. And, and what I also love about what you said was you could just go and take a walk for 20 minutes. I think a lot of people would be like, Oh, well, what's the point? It's not going to do anything. It's like, of course it's going to do something. Yeah. It abs it, everything matters. Something is, and it's a cliche phrase. Something is always better than nothing, but it is. And it's, it's not even necessarily that that one 20 minute walk is going to change the course of your physique rapidly. But by going on a 20 minute walk, when you would have rather taken a nap or eaten whatever, or, or done anything other than that, it reinforces the habit. Yeah. And it's, it's just like, Everything you're saying is so, you say it so nonchalantly, but I mean, it's fucking, you do, you're like, yeah, well, you know, I did this. I'm like, hold on, we got to talk about this because <laughs> it's very deeply rooted psychology and, and behavior change. And what you've done is nothing short of incredible. I really hope you know that. Thank you. So I'm going to keep interrupting. I'm sorry, but keep okay. going. So for, that, now, now keep going. Um, so I kept like, well, you know, once I started seeing results, it got a little bit easier. People at work were commenting and, you know, I was having to buy new clothes, which is always fun. Um, and my exercise, I started, I, once I had lost, I think like 40 pounds, that's when I started adding weights in. Like at the beginning, I just didn't want to complicate it. So I just kept it to cardio. Then I added weights in. And then uh, I think around the time I was, had lost about 75 pounds is when I started running. And that is what really, um, I found a passion in running. And so, and I, well, I mean, I'm not a marathon, so I'm still running, obviously. And, and your knee is totally fine now? Yeah. Um, I was told by my doctor that it would never get better. I could just prevent it from getting worse. But I went from having to wear at my heaviest, I had to wear a knee brace for my desk job, like to go to the walk to the bathroom no way. And the printer. I was wearing a brace because I was in pain all the time. And I now I run without a brace. I don't need it. And is this did you do physical therapy or it's solely a function of this losing the weight? Just losing the weight. That is I just got chills. Yeah, it, that is amazing. I wasn't it was like a I wasn't expecting it. Like I kind of had resigned myself to the fact that like, okay, I'm going to need this brace at least for exercise for the rest of my life. And you know what? That's fine. I'll, I can, my leg looks warped in my race photos, but whatever, it's fine. Um, but then <laughs> I went for, I went to the gym and I was going to run on the treadmill because it was the winter and I had forgotten it at home. And so normally I would have maybe done something else, but I was like, you know, I'm just going to go for a short run and we'll just see how it goes. And it was fine. And so um, from then on, I didn't wear it anymore, except a couple of times when I was marathon training, because, you know, we were doing 30 plus kilometers and in on rocky trails and stuff. So I was just a bit nervous about it, but 30 plus kilometers. Yeah. <laughs> How long did that take? Um, probably, I think it was like around four hours, something like that. We did that every Sunday. Well, you're a badass. <laughs> it was, you are a badass. <laughs> <laughs> Whole, what a complete life turn. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what a, what a complete, and oh my God, I'm blown away. And it's, this is, this is a little tangent and I won't go off on it too long, but this is one of the major issues that I have with the, have you seen the, the healthy at every size yes, movement? Yes. Now I have nothing wrong against that movement inherently. I think there are some valid points to it and I, I do like the loving yourself aspect of it, but 
I think what you just said is, is a point that goes massively under the radar and it's something that they tend to overlook where it's like, they're like, well, yeah, like being, being like morbidly obese or whatever, they don't like that word, but so being super overweight, like there are people who are totally healthy with it. It's like, and they're talking about, who knows, metabolic syndrome or, or other diseases that, that often come as a result of uh, being very, very overweight. And they don't talk about the joint issues or the, the lower back issues, the knee issues, the hip issues, the things that directly are caused by it. Yeah. And I, it's, it's one of those things Like I'm so glad that you, you mentioned that and you said it because it's, I was expecting you to say, Oh no, I went to physical therapy. And then it was also this, it's like literally just losing weight. Yeah. Cured your knee pain. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it, but, uh, I'm, and is it, what icing on the cake too? Cause the doctor was like, yeah, it's never going to get better. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, it's incredible. <laughs> It's a relief because, yeah, like I said, I, I had to wear a knee brace just to walk to the bathroom. Like it was, it was that much. I was losing sleep at night because it hurt so much. Holy shit. I, I'm, I seriously, my, the hairs on my arms are standing up. This is amazing. So, okay. So now you're doing badass trail runs for 30 kilometers at a time. Like, so then what? Well, I started with just like 5k, like I, I started with 5k, 10k. I ran that whole year. I did my first half marathon um, in August of 2016. Um, and well, I guess I should say that um, earlier that year, so about a year, around the time I hit 100 pounds down, um, we decided as a family that I would, I was lucky enough to work for the federal government where I can take extended an extended leave of absence. And we'd been having um, issues with our oldest daughter, like behavioral issues. She was diagnosed with anxiety and we just had a really tough year with her. So we decided that I would take a leave of absence from my job and be home with my kids to help with my oldest daughter's issues. And that's kind of when the wheels started to fall off a little bit. Um, so how, this is about a year in now? Yeah. So I was at my lowest right around that point. So 104 pounds down was my lowest. Wow. And so I left my job and the transition was a lot harder than I'd anticipated. Um, It was, it was really, really, really hard for me to go from working full time to being at home. Like I just felt like I had lost a big piece of myself and I yep. felt like I'm not like this is not rational, but in my head, I felt like I wasn't contributing to society anymore. That's 100 percent rational. That's I'm, uh, I get it. That's a very and it's a very real feeling and it's valid and it's it's logical. Like that makes sense. It's and it doesn't mean that you weren't contributing anymore. Obviously, you're contributing in a different way, yeah. but it's like that. The, it's 100 percent valid. Absolutely. So. And then also at the same time, my husband, who's a plumber, his company, uh, they, their business started slowing down. And so his hours were cut. So the financial hit on us was way harder than we expected as well. So I slowly at that point started kind of falling back, not into old habits, but I was tracking my food a little bit less. I was indulging a little bit more like stress eating, basically. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the crux of my issue, the bare bones of it really, um, emotional eating. And 
um, I was still running a lot. I was still working out a lot. So I didn't really start regaining weight at first. Like I was working out enough and my overeating wasn't bad enough that maybe the first year, that first year I was home, I might've gained at most 10 pounds back. Um, then that's where I ran my first half marathon. Um, actually my first and second half marathon. Um, it was really, so two years after leaving my job. So I guess three years after starting everything, like starting this whole new, like quote journey, whatever you want to call it <laughs> is when like the shit really started to hit the fan. I started marathon training, which, so I was running 50 to 60 kilometers a week, maybe more in the heat and dealing with the stress. And so I just couldn't control my eating like I, and I to be if I'm going to be honest with myself I wasn't really trying either okay um, well that's that's a good thing to discuss yeah that's a very good thing to discuss yeah it was like I was <laughs> I was especially after running I was like a raccoon in a trash can basically like just stuffing my face I just couldn't stop myself do you, do you think that you were partly using the running as a way to justify that definitely hundred percent for sure. Like I ran 30 kilometers. Of course I can eat this. And even though it was like, you know, double the the calories that I just burned on my four hour run, I still would justify it in my head. Like, Oh, I ran. So it's fine. It's, it's very, it's one of the reasons why there are people who say, you know, cardio makes you, you gain fat, which is just outrageously stupid and ignorant. It's not that cardio makes people fat. What what happens is this is where a lot of people will do high intensity interval training or do long duration cardio or whatever it is, and consciously or not, they're using it as a way to justify eating whatever they want in whatever quantities they want. Yeah. Um, and and that's a very real reason why many people don't lose body fat as quickly or at all, or even gain body fat. And I think this is, this actually, it's a very common thing in the running community in which it's, it's, it's sad, but a lot of runners, they don't run because they love running. They run because they think it's the only way they're not going to get fat. Yeah. And, and I'm a big proponent of like, if you love running by all means do it, but it's also important to be aware. Like if, if you're using that as a tool to sort of, prevent you from getting fat while justifying eating whatever you want in whatever quantities that's something that needs to be addressed so i'm glad that you brought that up yeah i was definitely doing that for sure so so now it's it's three years after you started and and you've started to gain weight yeah i was hiding from the scale as well so i had no idea at at that point um how much i'd gained i knew it was enough that it was showing in my clothes i could see it in pictures but i i just couldn't the idea of getting on the scale and like being faced with it, I couldn't handle it. So interesting. Yeah. Now, now that, that is something again, and and you know, my beliefs, the scale in terms of using it as a tool. And, and I'm sure you've heard me say this a million times, but it's very interesting because a lot of people, generally speaking, if we look at the research on people who weigh themselves consistently, generally speaking, people who weigh themselves consistently maintain a healthier body weight. And then people who don't. Mm-hmm. And the reason I the reason I think that is is precisely because of what you just said, in which a lot of people they live in a world or in a mindset in which they're like they can't bear to face what the scale is gonna say. Yeah. So they avoid it. And when they avoid it, 
it sort of it sort of blinds them and it gives them an opportunity. Well, you know what? Like, I'm just going to keep sort of going off track because I'm not going to face the scale until one day. And I, I don't know if this is what happened to you. You tell me if it is one day you're like, I got to make a change. Fuck it. I'm getting on that scale. And then we're going to get back on track. Yeah. Is that what happened? That is exactly what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it so like it's so we all think we're so different and so unique and we're all so similar. Yeah. It's we're, we all do the same stuff. And that's why the scale can be such a valuable tool because when you use it as, as a form of accountability, it really can help you stay on track. Whereas if you use it or if you try and hide from it and like, I can't bear to face it, then it's much easier to keep going off track because you don't have that accountability anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I feel so, I probably, well, I know I could have um, reined it in earlier if I had just sucked it up and gotten on the scale. I just, but I just couldn't, I couldn't, I was not ready to deal with the uh, consequences of my own actions <laughs> at that point. Yeah. So, so how much weight did you gain? Uh, I gained from my absolute lowest. I gained 46 pounds. Got it. And it okay. was, let me tell you, it was, uh, I knew that I had gained a significant amount, but I was not prepared for it to be that much. So it was, it was a shock. So what happened? What happened when you saw that it was that much? Um, I had a little bit of a pity party. I'll, I'll be honest for the first uh, probably couple hours afterwards. Um, but then like, I just, you know, I've been here before. I know how to, I know what to do. I'm not, I told myself like, I'm not going back to where I was. Like if I don't stop this now, I'll be back to where I was. And that's just not an option for me. So uh that was it I cut the crap <laughs> and I started tracking again and that's when I started doing the weights again because I had dropped them when I was marathon training which is the worst possible time to drop them but I was just trying to survive you know several hours of running every week and so I just was like I can't I can't do this as well as this I have to drop something and I can't drop running since this is why I'm running yeah, there's only there's only so many candles you can be burning at the same time. Yeah, but like, it was the worst. I know it was the worst possible time to drop doing weights was when I'm trying to run a marathon. <laughs> so I took those back I, up. I mean, what I'll say is this, and I agree with you from the perspective of just physiology and and the benefits that you would get from it as a runner. But I also think what I always, I always go to the, the side of what would have happened if you didn't drop it? And what would have happened if you're like, no, I got to keep this in. And then that led to being overwhelmed and then not being consistent and falling off track. It's like, there's, there's ideal on paper mm -hmm. because of what's physio physiologically ideal, but then there's ideal and what's practical for your actual life. And in the same way that, you know, we, we, we progress exercises, right? we don't just start people off with a barbell snatch. It's like, we okay, first we start them off learning how to kettlebell deadlift. Then from the deadlift, we go from the kettlebell deadlift, we might go to a trap bar deadlift, maybe a barbell conventional deadlift, then maybe like a whatever, like deadlift first change, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So there's always progression. And I think what you're outlining here is you progressed yourself appropriately. And even though it might not have been ideal from a physiological perspective, it was what you needed to be sustain to be sustainable and consistent. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, I ran my marathon. That was fine. I survived it. It was like the most incredible feeling. Um, and then 
I still, even though I wasn't marathon training, I did do a half marathon like a month and a half later, but I wasn't training. It wasn't the crazy training that I was doing before, but I still wasn't controlling my eating. Um, I still wasn't tracking my food. I was not really paying much attention to nutrition at all, like healthy foods. It was just, just junk. And I knew that I was, it just, it's this feeling of like, I know what I'm doing is bad for me. I know that I'm feeling horrible about myself because I'm doing this. And I know that this is making it worse, but I just can't seem to stop myself. And so I felt like almost trapped, like I'm stuck like this. And it was like this feeling of despair almost where like how, how, why can I not stop this when it makes me feel so bad? But then I'm feeling bad about doing this. So it makes me want to do it more. Do you know what I mean? I I know exactly what you mean. And I just want you to keep talking because this is, I'm very interested to hear how you eventually overcame that. Well, really, it was just the kick in the ass that the scale gave me. That's really how it just like snapped in my brain. And, you know, really, I had been eating like that for eight to 10 months, probably at that point. And I was I, I felt like shit. My runs were so much slower. I felt sluggish all the time. And so I think like physically and mentally, I was ready to to stop to feel better I was ready to feel better finally and then the scale was like just the thing that tipped me over and realizing that um, I've gained back almost half of what I lost and if I don't get my shit together I'll be right back where I was or even worse and like I just couldn't let that happen now that's very interesting to me because this is something that this is one of my areas of study that I'm most interested in in terms of the decisions in, that people make in regard to their health and their behaviors. I mean, for example, people can look at a cigarette carton and are right on the carton. There's a skull and crossbones and says like, these can kill you. Yeah. But consistently day after day, not only will people like start, like not only will they smoke if they're already addicted, there are people who are starting smoking who are not currently addicted, even though they see that skull and crossbones. It's, it's like, why would you make that decision if you know it's bad for you? Yeah. And then, and same thing, apple versus a cheeseburger. 10 out of 10 people know which one is probably going to be more, more nutrient-dense, more filling, might, what might be better for them from a fat loss perspective. But how many people are going to make that decision consistently on a regular basis? And why might people – one of the things that people struggle with binge eating so often is when during a binge, while they're actually binging, the, in their head they're like, I want to stop. I don't want to be doing this. This isn't what I want to do. But they keep putting more food in their mouth as they're regretting it and they hate it and it's not good. And it's it's very interesting to me, like what sparks a change? Like what, why does someone actually change? And it's interesting for me to hear that for you, it was the scale. Yeah. It was, it was the scale that sort of gave you that, that reality check that realigned you recentered you and, and recentered your focus to say all right let's get our shit together yeah because the scale is black and white before i knew the exact number that i regained i kind of could live in the gray a little bit you know oh well you know i do look bigger in this picture but maybe it's a bad angle you know maybe my pants shrunk even though you know i know they didn't um i, I, I could just kind of you know 
make excuses for it a little bit. Whereas getting on the scale, no, that's the number. I can't argue with that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't lie. Yeah. Like it, that, that's super interesting. And that's something I, I continuously try and do more research on. I, I want to, I might talk about more, more of that later, but okay. So keep going. So you step on the scale, huge reality check. All right, let's get our shit together. Then what happens? Um, so I did the calorie counting, the tracking again. Um, this time I started doing, I did the weights right away and I actually was doing your, the YouTube video, the beginner full body. Oh, no yeah, way. I was doing that um, three times a week. No, I started off two. I made a commitment twice a week. Okay. That's something that I can stick to. So twice a and week. How long did that take you each session? Um, It was like half an hour at the most. Like it was great. Amazing. Perfect for me. It was because, you know, I've never been a lover of weights up until recently. Um, So for it to be short and I, it was hard. So it wasn't like it was easy and short. It was super hard, but short. So it was perfect for me. And then I was continuing my running. And so, um, and then about a month and a half after that is when I joined the inner circle. And it was, it was so life changing for me because it gave me a direction that I was completely lacking um the one of the reasons why I didn't like doing weights in the past was because I felt kind of like I didn't know what I was doing you know even though I kind of watched videos and stuff like that I just felt like I was doing I was I had no clue I was just lost and I was too scared to go to the gym and do the weights there so I would only do what I had at home which isn't a whole lot so that and that's one of the reasons actually I was going to join the inner circle a few months prior, but I was like, no, I can't go to the gym and work out in front of people. So I'm not going to join the inner circle. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> so I joined and then, you know, I forced myself once again, I forced myself to go to the gym and start the unicorn strong program. And I remember my first day I was almost hyperventilating in the car in the parking lot because I was so scared. I was so scared to go and lift weights in front of people who knew what they were doing when I didn't, but I made myself go in and I did it. And I kept doing it. Like I've been doing it three times a week ever since I finished the unicorn strong uh, a couple of weeks ago. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. And how'd you, how'd you make out uh, in the end? How, How'd you do? Uh, oh my God. So good. I lost over eight. Well, I've, in total now I've lost 42 of the, no. Yeah. 42 of the 46 pounds I gained. Oh my God. That's amazing. During the unicorn strong program, I lost almost 19 and oh my God. I didn't measure myself at the time, but I had uh, kind of gold jeans that I was trying to fit into that I couldn't fit into anymore. And they're now loose. They're actually almost too Holy big. Holy shit, Tracy, that is incredible. <laughs> like it's been amazing for me. And when I started it, I told, I made a commitment to myself that, because in the past I've always prioritized running, always. This time I'm prioritizing weights. If I feel overwhelmed oh, yeah. and I need to drop something, I'll drop a run. And I've, I've kept to that. I haven't dropped a single uh, workout, weight workout since. And I actually love them now, which I never, ever thought I would ever say in my li entire life. <laughs> That's absolutely amazing. What's your favorite exercise? Deadlifts. Yes! I love them. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you love deadlifts? What, what do you like about they them? They just feel so badass. Like, Fuck, oh, look yes. at me. I can lift this off the ground, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of, that's, 
literally what I love about deadlifting is like you, any other lift in the gym, they're all great, but deadlifts, they are so unique and powerful in their simplicity. It's like, how much weight can you lift off the ground? Yeah. Simple end of story. Yeah. And I love that about it. And it's super empowering. And, uh, and have you noticed that since you've been doing more strength training, your running has gotten better too? So much better. Oh my God. I ran, uh, just a couple weeks ago, I ran the fastest 5k I've ever run. Um, Holy shit. Congrats. Thank you. And yeah, over like it's night and day from last year. Like my, do you know that deadlifts are, are legitimately not just because I'm biased, but legitimately <laughs> are, are one of the best exercises to improve your running, running speed. I believe it because I'm living proof. And it's interesting as your deadlift has increased, your running speed has increased too. Yes. It's, it's, you can look in the science, you can look in the literature. It is consistent with runners all the way from high school, all the way up to elite, elite high level runners. Like as someone's deadlift strength increases, their running speed increases. It's crazy. Yeah, it's definitely, I can't even say how much it's helped me. It's been amazing. And I posted this yesterday, but I did a chin up. It was my goal to do one. I saw that, right? Yeah. One. I saw that. That was amazing. And I did it. And I'm so excited about that. <laughs> that was incredible. And now you're like, all right, now I got to get two. Now two chin ups is next. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. The huge, huge congrats. Like, I wish I could express effectively and articulately how impressed I am with you but I don't really think I can do that without number one crying <laughs> without actually like making myself sound like a blubbering idiot <laughs> it was like you've done an extraordinary extraordinary job I really hope that you are incredibly proud of yourself because what you've done is nothing short of magical thank you like I am I'm my harshest critic but I try to remind myself that like this is a lot and just be happy be proud of what you've done because well, less than 1% of people run a marathon. So right there. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, I've never run a marathon. I, I, I can't say I promise, but I would, I would 98% promise that I'll never run a marathon. <laughs> unless like for whatever reason, there's a, I don't know, like a, a lion chasing me for 26.2 <laughs> miles. But, um, but let me ask you this. If you could give yourself, if you could go back to yourself before all of this started mm -hmm. uh and give yourself one piece of advice just like before all this started before like right before january 5th 2015 right before then what would you tell yourself i would tell myself and i don't know if this is necessarily advice but i would tell myself that i need to stop selling myself short and know that i can do anything if I am willing to work for it because I don't think that I believed that before what changed that just how did that change it, how the hell did that change it changed by me just trying basically I don't think I'd ever really tried before and so for me to decide okay I'm going to train for and run a marathon and then I actually did it forced myself through it it was super hard at times but I still did it whereas before the idea even like not even a marathon just anything 5k before I would never have even considered trying I would be like no can't do that too big it's too hard people will laugh at you I would never have tried and so I think I me continuously trying these different things and actually doing them is what changed you're incredible. You are. It, it, and it's, 
it's so much easier. And this is this is what people will say. It's so much easier said than done. Right? It's always oh, it's easier said than done. And I always get a little bit annoyed when people say that. I'm like, literally everything in the world is easier said than done. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like, what's the point of saying that? Like, of course, it's easier said than done. But that doesn't mean you can't do it. Yeah. That doesn't mean you can't do it. And you're you're the prime example of that. And can I ask you in the last four, four years, five years of the four, last four years of doing all this, have you ever either been running or been at the gym and had someone make fun of you? Um, I have had some, not at the gym. Um, I've had people when I've been running, um, you know, honk at honk you or something, or yell at the car window. Um, yeah, yeah. I've had, and now part of it might be just my own self-consciousness, but I've had people kind of make a look and point and I just, maybe they were doing something else. I don't know. I've had suspicions, but I, I wouldn't say I've necessarily had outright like, ha ha fatty or anything like that. Okay. But I've definitely well, had times where I felt like people were looking, people were laughing. I, I love, I love the honesty because in, number one is, I mean, I, I, if I go running, if I'm out jogging, it's, it's fun. I don't know what it is about people being in a car, but no matter who's running, people feel like, ah, they're going to honk and they're going to yell out the window, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but let's, let's say, for example, there were people being malicious and mean and they had been pointing at you and laughing. Let's say, let's say that like, you don't know for sure, but let's say they were, it still didn't stop you. No, no, it's, and it's not, nothing happened. Right. It's, and that's the point that I really want to get across is so many people are scared to go to the gym. They're scared to go out and do something. They're scared to get made fun of or, or look like a fool when the reality is it's like, Worst comes to worst, someone is an asshole, and you just keep going. Yeah, that's li- worst case scenario. And I think it, the idea of somebody being mean or making fun of you or whatever is is always a way bigger deal in our head than when in reality, when if it actually happens in person. Yeah, and and I would never say that stuff doesn't happen because obviously it does, but I think it happens way less than people actually think and and even if it does happen it doesn't it doesn't mean you have to stop it doesn't mean anything other than that person's a fucking asshole yeah and you just keep going and and tracy i know i've said this a million times i don't want to just beat a dead horse but you are the quintessence of what it means to grit the fuck up and just do it and take action and when you weren't sure if you could do something, when you weren't sure if it was possible, when you weren't sure, you just, you did it. Yeah. And you did it and you did it. And that's how you gained confidence. That's how you saw results. That's how you got more motivation. And that's what led to more action. And I'm really incredibly lucky and happy and blessed that you came on and spoke about this. Um, I I really appreciate it a lot. I think that you've helped thousands of people with just this call. Is there anything that that you would like to leave people with is there if you would like people to follow you i don't know if you'd like them to follow you on social media if, if you would please give them your handle uh but is there anything you'd like to leave people with um yeah well my instagram is tracy t-r-a-c-i-e underscore transformed it used to be tracy underscore minus 100 and then i that was part of my process of like dealing with my 
I, I changed it because I'm like, well, I'm not down a hundred pounds anymore. Um, <laughs> I love the honesty. Yeah. I love it. Um, I just want to, I would just like to leave people with, um, cause when I was in the middle of regaining, when I was just feeling just terrible about myself, I felt kind of alone. Um, because that's something that a lot of people don't talk about because it's embarrassing. It's, you feel ashamed. And so I just, I just, I try really hard. Like I don't have, I'm not an influencer and I don't have a big following, but I try really hard to be as honest and open about my struggles as I can. And so I just want people to know that struggling is, is part of it and you're not alone. And sometimes we gain some weight back and all that matters is that you just keep going you know, every time you fall down, you get back up. And that's what I've learned through this is that it doesn't matter how many times I fall down. What matters is that I, every single time I get back up. I love that. I love that. Tracy, thank you so much. Thank I, you. I love you. I love you. I love all you of too. My, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to text you as soon as we get off the phone, but thank you. This was amazing. And I'm going to talk to you soon. All right. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.